Along with individual experts, Surgeon Masters brings you life improvement strategies in 10 minutes. These proven principles and strategies are easy to learn and can be applied immediately, allowing you to practice your best. Here's your host, Jeff Smith. On this episode of the Surgeon Masters Mini Podcast, I have with me Dr. Stuart Slavin, a pediatrician by training and the senior scholar for well-being at the ACGME. Stuart's been a very active in the well-being movement over the last 10 years. Welcome, Stuart. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Very happy to be here with you. So many in the audience might already know you or been following some of your stuff. If those don't, maybe you can share a little bit about what you've been doing in, in the well-being space. Yeah, so I joined uh, ACGME several years ago after having been curriculum dean at, at St. Louis University, where I, I really got very active in well-being and, and was able to make changes that led to pretty dramatic decreases in depression and anxiety of medical students there. And now really focusing in on uh, mental health issues and well-being of, of residents and, and physicians, which of course is, especially during the pand- pandemic, has, has been greatly challenged. And so what have you learned of late that you think is of critical importance in this subject? You know, there are a number of themes, but one of the things that I've been kind of thinking about recently is, is there's there's a big focus and, and appropriately so on systems issues in medicine, you know, the, the, the forces that physicians deal with every day that can add to, you know, their own stress and distress. And we need to continue to do that work. And, and I think it's, it's important, whether it's productivity pressures and things like electronic health record. But accompanying that in, in some ways, I, I think, is a little bit of a trend where I've, I've seen a fair amount of, and this was before the pandemic, of, of frustration on the parts of doctors and, and pessimism, and maybe a little bit of an increasing attitude that when it's a systems problem, it's like it's an us versus them mentality, that it's the C-suite, the managers who are causing all my problems, and they have to fix it. And almost an absolving of, of one's own role in trying to seek well-being and, and some measure of happiness in your work. And, and I think that's a dangerous place to be and, and one that, that I hope people start to recognize not blaming people for the problems, but saying, hey, you know, every one of us has a role to play in, in trying to, to make the healthcare you know, environment a healthier and more satisfying one to work in. So that's a super interesting observation I, I may have shared with you that I've, I've focused on the personal strategies quite a bit because I've worked in systems where I felt I wasn't really making any headway. And my approach to doing it was taking care of my own things and my own resilience. But there's definitely a sense that since, you know, 80% or more of the drivers to burnout or perhaps lack of well-being come from the system, that it hasn't been focused enough on the system. But while we recognize that in the system, you're highlighting another point that I think may be another critical ingredient to help bring us together to the solution. So tell us a little bit more about about that and how, yeah, maybe it's the system, but what can we do to help the system maybe change? Yeah, and some of the terms I've used, and I don't know if these are, are really exactly accurate or so, but but I view this as, as an environmental problem primarily, so that the main driver of uh, burnout and distress is indeed the environment. Where I get into a challenge though, is, is then within that environment, I kind of break it down into systems versus culture. 
And a lot of the attention has been on systems, whereas culture is a huge driver as well. And I think we don't pay enough attention to that. And when I when I talk about culture, really a lot of it is, is about how do we engage uh, with others? How does leadership engage with us? And the really incredibly important message is we may not be able to influence much in the way of the system, the productivity pressures, the, the, the electronic health record, et cetera. But we do have an impact, every, a potential impact on the culture. Every one of us is co-creators of the culture. And while leadership has an incredibly important role to play in enhancing the culture, they can't do it alone. We, every one of us in healthcare, needs to say and recognize that, no, we have an impact on the culture. So, yes, we can focus on things like individual resilience and well-being, but I think what we also need to focus on is the individual's role in creating a healthier culture in the little micro-environment that they, that they occupy. For surgeons, what's the micro-environment in, in their clinics, in their operating rooms? They can have a profound impact on how that feels and how people experience it. So if I'm understanding correctly, there's a couple things that the, well, saying this, that those that have been happy to hear that it's the system and then willing to sort of acknowledge that, what are the two key mistakes you think we're making by doing that and what's to reverse that? Yeah, I think what it it creates is this sense of passivity and helplessness, which I think is a terrible place to occupy. The sense of, oh, you know, I can't do anything to change my experience. And so I'll just sit here and be miserable. And I think it's really tempting. And I also think there's a culture in medicine sometimes that, you know, when you get a group of residents or or for that matter, physicians together, too often, where does the conversation go? It goes to complaint. You know, it's, oh, I had the worst call night. Oh, this uh, nurse is driving me crazy, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine in terms of venting. But if those are the only conversations we're having, talking about, you know, the frustrations and the difficulties and, you know, what kind of culture are we creating? And it's fine to vent, but I think what we also need to recognize is the kind of the grace, the beauty, the wonder, the accomplishment that occurs every day in the healthcare setting as well. And it's almost like we put on blinders and we don't see that. And those, that's an example of a choice that individuals can make that aren't about you know, what the workload is or the electronic health record, et cetera, that you actually can have an impact on those kind of things in very profound ways. That's excellent. Anything else you would add? You know, I think one of the things that's, I'll just say quickly about Christina Maslach of Maslach Burnout Inventory. She's you know, famous for talking about the drivers of uh, burnout. And, and yeah, workload is like number one on her list. And it's not just the amount of work, it's the nature of the work. Is it non-value added? Is it frustrating, et cetera? And that's a systems issue. But what you find is so much of what she says are the drivers of burnout are actually, I think, culture issues. Do people feel appreciated and valued? Um, do people say thank you? Are their voices heard when decisions are made? Is there a sense of connection and community? All of those aren't just created, you know, or managed or controlled by the supervisors. We all have a role to play in in influencing that culture. And I think each one of us individually can have an impact. And if we, you know, move collectively, I think there's a potential really to transform the clinical space. I really do. You almost did it right there, but if you want, just give us a quick summary of of what you just shared with us in this fantastic podcast. I think it's really empowering people to say you have much more control over your existence than you might think. 
and move away from feeling understandably victimized, right? There is so much that's wrong with the system. But even within that difficult system, I mean, developing some sense of agency to say, no, I can be a, a positive force for change. Maybe I'm not going to transform the organization. Maybe I don't, I'm not in a position to do that. Um, but I can change how people feel about kind of being around me, working with me, and I can work actively not to ignore the negative forces that are going on in healthcare, but to say, you know what, we can create some positive ones. We can connect to a shared sense of purpose and meaning. We can find joy in working with other extraordinary people in healthcare. We can forget to, to you know, just focus on the negative and look for the positive as well. Those are some of the simple steps of reorienting ourselves from just a spirit of negativity and pessimism to one that's a realistic optimism, not a blind optimism, and a sense that, no, each one of us can make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, Jeff. A pleasure to be with you, and good luck to, to all of, of the audience members who I know it's a challenging time. So thank you for, for having me. There you have it. In less than 10 minutes, this is Jeff Smith along with Dr. Stuart Slavin. Until the next episode of Life Improvement Strategies for the Surgeon Who Wants More. Ciao. Now, take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.